morning, good evening, good night, wherever or whoever you may be. I am Alan Arante, and this is The Recluse Podcast. Today's guest is Josh Stamps. He is the guitarist in the punk band Fist Fight on Ecstasy, and he runs the DIY label Etard Records. He got into punk when he was about 12 years old, and to this day he rocks a dyed bihawk and studded attire. When I asked him about his choices and appearance, he candidly said, It makes me feel good. The cold studs feel good on my skin. Had I never heard of Josh Stamps, I'm sure I would still find him interesting. But my interest dates back to when I was about 14 or 15 years old. I was getting into punk, and I started going to shows in the valley with my friends. It was a period in my life where I started to really mold my social life. During that time, Josh played bass in a band called The Last Priority. They were so goddamn cool to us back then. Those guys and a few other bands were like punk gods in the flesh. As for the content of this interview, I'll let you find that out on your own. So without further delay, this is a portrait of Josh Stamps. Alright, let me paint a picture for you. It's... It's the early 2000s on a summer night in the valley. Everyone's hanging outside behind uh, the cobalt. People are walking through the alley to 7-Eleven and pick up some beer. The lineup for this show is The Assault, Dysfunctional Chaos, Homesick Abortions, and Headlining is the last priority. Can you – that was fictional, of course, but I, but can you take me back to that time period when things like that happened? What was that like for you? What do you remember uh, I just remember it was a shit ton of fun. That was when everybody was like really, really tight hard into it. Um, <laughs> always the same crowd. I always see the same faces every time you played a show there. It was, you know, without skipping a beat. Like, uh, yeah, those are some good times, especially the alleyway on the way to get beer at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> Cops would always roll through there and bust all the kids and shit like that. Fights will always spill out in the streets <laughs> if they ever happen. Yeah, I remember... I, I, I remember going. I remember going to this like, this like, it's like a lounge bar. It's like next door to the Scotland Yard, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was underage at the time. I think I was about like nineteen or twenty, and um, <laughs> they would. I've always looked like old enough to go into bars. So like, you know, I come in with like a mohawk, <laughs> like straight up, and it was like a scene out of a movie. People would like turn their heads. I like, hear the record player skip, you know? <laughs> but um. But uh, they allowed me to purchase alcohol there, <laughs> so was, wow, that was no my kidding. little that was my little spot. Yeah. I think the first place I ever uh, bought alcohol illegally was uh, the Seven Eleven. Surprisingly, probably because they knew better than that. But I'm pretty sure I was able to buy uh, some alcohol at that Seven Eleven by the Cobalt. Um, I remember being that for me that I was about maybe 15 or 14. So in the early 2000s, you were what 19, 20, 21, 22, something like that. Uh, I'm 37 now, so mm. I was 20s for sure. Because I remember I joined, oh, okay. I joined the last priority in 2001, and mm. I was about, I think I was about 20, 20 years old. Yeah, and you played bass in that band, right? I did. Yeah, I um, I guess the guitar player is maybe who I'm thinking of now. Or actually, what was your guitar player's name? Ryan Kretzer. Hmm. Is he still around? 
Uh, he actually moved to Ohio recently. But uh, after, well, t- actually during last priority days, he had like side projects like uh, Los Retteros. Um, oh, also, no yeah, also um, Global Crime Syndicate. That was another one. It's with Andrew Hester. He's wow. uh, he's in three day Holocaust right now with Rat Boy and all these other cats. Oh. Yeah, is uh, Joaquin in three day Holocaust? Or maybe that's yes, civil yes. conflict. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, no. No, no, no. Joaquin was in. Flyswatter? I don't know if we're thinking about the right Joaquin. There's a couple of them. Yeah, the shorter. He's a shorter guy. Oh, shorter he's guy. in. A, I know. I know who you're talking about. He's in uh, Hiding Inside Victims, HIV. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's Rap Boy's other man. Uh, all the, the. Yeah, yeah. They. I can't remember the name now, but I remember when the days I'm thinking of all those guys that you mentioned would be at the Cobalt and like that, you whatever, even Ventura shows. And right. it's so funny to like run into them now because I'm in Ventura. I'll see that. I'll see some of them now. And, uh, and just so much history since from, from then till now. Absolutely. Um, I was wondering back in those days, maybe even now, but I would, I'm thinking of back in those days, uh, was there ever beef between individuals or bands or was it, you know, a harmonious <laughs> sort of scene? Uh, there, I mean, there always was, there always will be, but I mean, like now that we're older, some of those beefs got squashed for sure. And it's like super long <laughs> gone, but, uh, but like, um, <laughs> like the last priority kids, we all had like the wild, the wild S crew, the yellow lace squad really was more like a fucking yellow lace in our left oh, yeah. or some shit. And, um, <laughs> and then we, we kind of like, I wouldn't say like bumped heads or anything like that. Like nothing really went out of it, but it was like the CB Valley kids, like rap boy and all those other guys. They're in the, yeah, yeah. AYC, Angry Youth Crew, or whatever it was. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, I mean, guys, it was... You... It was all, like, just silly, shilly shit, you know? Like, we would just talk shit on the internet, and nothing would ever come out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny, because uh, my my crew, quote-unquote, uh, we were probably... Uh, let's see, I say this. We were punks from Thousand Oaks, so you can imagine the shit we got from probably everybody. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but so the uh, AYC cats, I remember for, we just like talk, talk trash on the Internet or something. And it exploded into this like it looked like Braveheart or something behind the cobalt. <laughs> like it was like their whole crew, my crew and nothing went down. But like the security guards there were such douchebags. They, they were like <laughs> riling us up, like trying to get us to fight. You know, these big like big. I totally knew who you were talking about. Yeah. Like crush yeah. us. <laughs> they totally. Yeah, those guys were dicks. I totally remember those guys very, very clearly. Like yeah, I remember, I like loading, like, loading our gear into the back. Like, hey, we're you know we're last party. We're like, yeah, whatever. Just get your ass inside. We're like, oh, what the fuck, you know? I, I yeah, feel those, welcomed. <laughs> yeah, those guys uh, were willing. You know, my I suspect even after all these years that they like I, one of them literally. Sh- I was talking to one of the guys from AYC, just trying to squash it, and yeah. one of those big bouncer dudes shoves me into him like literally trying to get this brave heart situation started it's like dude you're like we were kids like what are these adults doing if yeah, i remember um, clearly the so uh you... sorry to interrupt if i remember uh clearly no, no, i think ahead. it was like i think it was like the the poor kids that were like kind of running that venue poor kids and lsd those guys i mean those guys are all most of those guys are good friends of mine i know them all like like adam bomb and there's Fucking Jerry's cousin yeah. Isaac. Uh, 
Yeah, a bunch of motherfuckers. Um, but those that guys are like closed the, down now, isn't it? Oh, uh, it's been it's been closed down. <laughs> I remember that. I remember one time, yeah. like it was it was pretty it was pretty fucking cool. I was I was twenty one at this time, and like there was a, a weed dispensary right next door to the Cobalt, and then we would go to the Scotland Yard next door. So we'll get our weed, go watch a band, you know, come out, smoke a bowl, then go to the fucking bar, slam some beers. Come back out, go to the Seven Eleven, hang out in the fucking alleyway where the cops always go. You know that was that was like a routine yeah. all the every weekend <laughs> for like years. <laughs> but you you're you were from Oxnard, right? So would you be commuting out there? Uh yeah, yeah. I was also dating someone at the time from the Valley, so I was already already out there a lot and stuff like that. How do you contrast the scene back then to what it is now? If if there is even a scene now. Uh, there, there most definitely is. Um, I think the seed now is way more mature and like, uh, we all got our shit together, you know, um, mm. just from, uh, doing all the, all the, you know, failing a lot, kind of like taught us lessons, like to do not what to do, you know? Yeah. As far as like, you know, playing music and getting shows and being a collective collaborative, like, you know, bunch of group of people. Back yeah, then we were and, kids. All we wanted to do was get fucking stoned and lit and <laughs> drunk and not give a fuck, you know? And like things are a lot different now. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, been to a couple punk shows out here in Ventura. Um I've been to, I went to one at uh Concrete Brewing. I oh god, I can't I wish I could remember what show it was. It wasn't too long ago. Um Concrete and, Jungle. Yeah. yeah, it was a show a few months ago. Um I think it was like a hardcore Oxnard band played that like that they they were they ripped too. Um, I cool. wish I could remember who they were. Uh, but I'm wondering though, the scene is it just the same people but older, or are you starting to see new faces every couple of years? Younger kids, eighteen year olds, twenty year olds. Oh man, it's uh, the cool, cool thing about Oxnard. It's like the age range is like fucking endless, dude. Like I like I do see new faces, and I do see all these other new bands I've never heard of before fucking popping out of the woodwork, you know. And these kids yeah. are fucking killing it. Like, uh, as far as keeping <laughs> shit alive and having shows constantly all the fucking time, they're destroying it. <laughs> uh, same thing with like, I throw, I throw shows at concrete jungle brewing company too, from time to time. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's just hard for me cause I live in LA now. So I have to commute all the way out there to like throw an event or something, which I absolutely love. I'd rather do it out there than out here anyway. <laughs> yeah. I just don't yeah. want people out there. I'm from there. Uh, that's just where my roots are and I'll do whatever it takes to keep that shit on fire. You know? Yeah. It takes a lot. I've noticed, um, I think I've been following on you, following you on Instagram for a little while now, just to notice like that you don't live nearby exactly, but you know, it kind of seemed like you were out here a lot. Yeah. So whenever I can, if there's like a cool show happening or if it's a show that I'm throwing or something that I'm involved with, which is about 90% of like what I do is always out in Ventura County, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah do you you have anything popping out there uh in la uh yeah yeah yes and no i mean it's just the scene out here is it's it's always it's big it's it's gigantic you know like so it's kind of hard to like throw a, a happening show that's like gonna be like on top of all these other million shows happening at the same damn time you know yeah, yeah. So that's that's what's cool about Ventura, because like uh, I can throw a show at Concrete Jungle. My shows always end at ten o'clock, and usually after that, there's like bar shows barely starting. You know, right, so right. It's, yeah. So it's easy to fucking go to a banging show till ten, go over to the next show at the bar, and then 
hang out with your friends until like one or two. And there's usually after parties after that, which makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that with the concrete jungle. I'm like, wow, like they close at 10 and I'm standing there. You know, I've been to a couple shows there where it's approaching 10 or events even. And it's like, dude, this is popping. Why are they going to close it now? Um, probably just like the regulations and what, what they are, which I understand. But that that's cool that the music scene can stretch a night like that. I've, I've noticed that some of the art events out here, there there are so many artists, like, you know, pencil, paper sort of artists that totally. – it's, it's hard to have an event because there's always 10 other art events that night out here. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Maybe it's not a bad so thing it, though. Um, no, I mean, that's actually a beautiful thing. Like the cool thing about Ventura County, it is, I wouldn't say it's an underrated place. Cause I mean, so much fucking talent comes out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, including artists or like whatever, whatever you can think of, you can fucking read a book to children. There's a fucking you know, something <laughs> going on like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I love it out here. But uh, yeah, but that's 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 the beauty of it. Like, uh, there's always something to do. But uh, you know, like, uh, I don't want to jinx it right away. But I mean, because sometimes it comes in waves. It can be dead right. for a minute, then all of a sudden, just a wave of awesome <laughs> shit comes in, then it dies out again. But lately, it's been just on fire, constant, steady. Um, except for now, obviously, because the whole fucking yeah. COVID nineteen thing going on. But that's that's understandable. But everyone's like, everyone's just aching for some live music or some sort of like oh, events I to know. go on. Yeah. I, I know it, it, it's torture. It, it, I hope though, after this, that, you know, the, the city's just on fire with stuff, you know, people just having new oh, albums, new, new, this, yeah, new yeah. that. Um, so I'm excited for that. So, uh, let me ask you, you, you probably know a little bit more about this than I do. Um, because frankly, when I was, when I was like end up, punk with like liberty spikes and stuff you know i'm a little more average now um i was pretty i was younger so i don't know so i don't know um about the heart of nardcore it, can you tell me something about nardcore uh yeah it's just uh the ventura county punk rock scene you know it's i look at it as a more of a family than um than just a scene because i've known these people since i was a child you know <laughs> and like I get invited to their houses to hang out. Although I'm talking about all the older cats that like kind of created the whole Nardcore thing. Yeah, like but, who um, not not name wise, but like band wise. Who would you say? Oh, like just the fucking big four, dude. Like the Ill Repute, Doctor No, Solid Thirteen, um, those guys. You know, like uh, they created the whole path for us youngsters to follow. You know, and, wow. And God bless them for that because uh, it's going strong more than ever before that I've seen in my entire lifetime. <laughs> like how old are those guys now? Are they like approaching 50? Like, are they just in their forties? Oh no, they're, they're definitely 50, 60, probably at the oldest, maybe yeah, older. And they, were, <laughs> and they were doing punk, what in the nineties and the eighties around here, even in the eighties. Um, the very first, I wouldn't say they're nardcore, but like they're definitely a punk rock band. Um, was the Rodders? They they started in 1977, so it, goes, it dates it dates back Jeez. to back then, you know. Wow, yeah, holy shit, that's insane! I didn't know that. I thought maybe because you know, again, I don't know too much. I, I wasn't like raised around it. Um, I'm I'm pretty much from Thousand Oaks, born born in Ventura, spent a couple of years that's, in Oxnard, but re really a Thousand Oaks kid. That's close enough. <laughs> it's just right over the hill, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, it, and it it was cool. It was cool coming down to Ventura to see this stuff. Um, but Nardcore, 
it's like, yeah, it's still huge. I still see people with like patches or like painted on their leather jackets and shit. You know, it's still yeah, alive. Man. It's uh it's definitely, you know, a hometown pride thing or like a, you know, Ventura County pride thing. Cause yeah. uh, we all, it's just, it's just rich, rich of history, punk rock history at that. How, how would you describe the difference between Nardcore, if there's a difference between Nardcore and like other forms of punk? I know there's a lot of different kinds of punk, but just how is, does Nardcore have any uh, unique features to it that other punk doesn't? Uh, it does. The unique features is that like it comes in all shapes, sizes and forms and different genres of punk. You know, there's hardcore. I've seen some street punk, hardcore shit. Uh, political shit, you know, it comes in all shapes and forms. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It, it makes me miss uh, places like um, like you, you ever play the loft when that was around? Yeah, man, I used to play that place a lot. The the upstairs room over at the Skate Street off of yeah, uh, yeah. Goodyear Avenue, I believe it is in Ventura. Yeah, I went to I think it was a Havoc show. I think like lower class brats played, Virus played uh, with Jasper, I think. And uh, it was like one of the most badass places and times ever. Was it? Before. Was it the, uh, I mean, well, the infamous riot? Was that the riot night? Because last party uh, played with the virus. Last party played with the virus uh, one night at at the loft, and then shit popped off. What? Uh, we ended up getting a fight with, I think it was Clip Forty Five and some other guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude, yeah, that sounds very familiar. Holy shit. Yeah, what, what remember, happened that night? I think I was there that night. Oh man, it's it's kind of a fucked up story. Like, uh, are there, are there bad guys involved? You know, you got. Some, I mean, you guys are, it was just like. Oh, wait. Or let me just, just like, say real quick: Did yeah, sure. does it have anything to do with the fact that the singer from Clip Forty Five weren't there rumors about him? Not at all. No, this happened uh, to be about like my drummer Jerry from Last Priority. And my ex girlfriend, fucking Becky, like uh, this is uh, this happened at the, actually at the Cobalt. Like my ex girlfriend was hanging out outside, and like you know the guys from Cliff Forty Five or whoever they're with, I wouldn't like pinpoint pinpoint them out specifically, but uh, right. they're kind of like getting my ex to like go in their car and fucking do shady shit with them. And the word got back to me, so like we kind of like started a beef with these guys, and um, we fi- we finally got to play a show with them, and then we, we were on stage. <laughs> <laughs> we were on stage and we were just talking wow. shit. We we pretty much called them out while we're on stage. And like next thing you know, next thing you know, there's a fucking like chair flying like in the air and it hits like the merch guy in the head. And then next thing you know, everyone's just swinging fists, dude. And like it all trinkled on down to the street and shit. It was it was pretty wild. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Can you see that vividly? Like, can you like close your eyes and just take yourself back to that night? Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> it was one that of the coolest is... like nights I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> did Did you uh, walk away unscathed? Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Well, here's a, a specific moment. Like, um, it was Clip Forty Five's merch guy. I forgot his name, but uh, he was total douchebag. But um, he was actually the guy that got punched <laughs> in the face on YouTube by a bunch of Star Wars nerds. Dude, no, oh, it was my that God. guy. That video. I don't know if so you've ever seen that. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen that, but it's great. <laughs> it was that guy. So he was like talking <laughs> shit. And then me and my friend Chepe, he was a singer for Los Rateros. Big tall motherfucker. This guy is gigantic. Um we both like we both like knuckle sandwich to get this guy in the face. Like you know, like one fist on each side of the cheek. Oh and I just remember God. his eyes just like rolling the back of his head, just like boy, you know, he falls to the floor and shit. 
And you didn't feel bad at all. No, not one bit, dude. Like, <laughs> I was actually trying to be cool. I was kind of like, kind of like just chilling on the side and let my friends run their mouths, you know, and just waiting for someone to pop off. But uh, this guy looked directly at me and just started talking shit. And I was like, I'm not gonna let this guy get away with it, dude. You know? <laughs> no kidding. Holy shit. So is there? So does that mean to some extent? You know, there's this stereotype about punks that they like to fight, and uh, I don't. I didn't get in any fights, but it's like a stereotype. Is there something to that in general? Do you think? Uh, I think that's like a normie stereotype. Like, oh, the guy looks rough and tough. He must be an asshole or like a drug addict. Yeah. They like to fight and kick cans over the place. No, it's it's far from the truth. Like, I'm I'm such a pacifist. I'm a very very nice guy. If you meet me in person, you know, it's hard to get you to want you to fight me. Like pretty you, much. you yeah, you'd really have to really really piss me off. Either say something about like my <laughs> wife or my mom or something. You know? But like you can call me fat or like stupid, like that. It's, that shit just bounces right off me. I'm like, yeah, whatever, buddy. You know. Yeah. What about no, I, a drunk I, I person? Oh, like, can you those... tolerate like a dumbass, like drunk guy? Just kind of, you could tell he's drunk and he's not in control of his facilities. I totally can because I work for I work at a brewery and I like deal with these guys all the time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so I'm very patient in that kind of stuff and that aspect. <laughs> Uh, in in your relationship, obviously you don't have to give me details, but um, are you more calm in your relationship, or is your uh, is she your wife? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I've been with my wife Carrie for I've been with her for nine years. We've been married for two. It'll be three years in October. Wow, no kidding. You're you're a couple years ahead of me. I've been with my wife. I think what is it, eight, a little over eight, but been married for a year and a half. So similar, cool, similar man. What you got? Uh, do you? Do you think you're more calm than uh, your wife or is she more calm than you? Oh man. Um, no, we're, we're both calm, you know, but we're both, we're both kind of hardheaded too. So, <laughs> all right. But for the most part, we're very calm. We love to be around each other. You know, that's fun. Yeah. It's sort of a, it's kind of cool. You, you know, you, you post a lot of stuff uh, with you and her, like stuff you're doing. It, it's cool. It, you guys are all punked out and shit. It, it's, it's cool to see. Yeah, man. We, we like to travel fucking, uh, we're actually going camping on Monday. It's a place that we've been been to before. Just to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, where uh, where, where is been, it? Been, like what area? Uh, past Bishop. It's called Bridge Bridgeport. Dude, it's so I I haven't camped out there, but just driving like to like through Bishop and like all the areas, it's so awesome. I've been through Bishop and actually been on the three ninety five coming from Reno, Nevada. The last fist fight on Ecstasy tour that we did, but I was driving at like two in the morning so it's pitch fucking black i wasn't able to see anything so yeah there's some cool hiking spots um you said uh fist your band fist fight on ecstasy uh wh- is there an origin story to that name because it's such a, a provocative name fist fight <laughs> on ecstasy <laughs> uh yeah just use your imagination <laughs> <laughs> so there so somebody somewhere has done that is what you're saying yeah i played the fifth on that <laughs> <laughs> You're, I've noticed. I've seen. I, I've seen you guys play at least once. The the last time I saw you play was a Hong Kong Inn, and I cool, think yeah. you were one of you guys handed me a record. You, you know, you guys give out merch and stuff during your shows. I happen yeah. to be uh, the person that got a record. Uh, your awesome. your buddy and your singer uh, is his name Ed Mole. That's him. Yep. Uh, what what you know? What can you say about his performance and his his stage? Per- persona it's it's very you know again i like to use the word it's provocative it's interesting uh what do you have to say about it 
he wouldn't be in my band if he didn't have that persona. <laughs> um, but ever since I've known the guy, even bef- way before the band, like even formed, like he he's always been that way. Like the first time I met him was at the Knitting Factory in Hollywood. We played a show <laughs> with. Uh, it was this is last party days. Like, uh, oh, like I was actually twenty one that day. Now it's all coming back. I turned twenty one <laughs> that day. I see this big ass guy with like a bonnet strap on. I came. I like walked up to the guy. I was like, "Hey, man! Like, that's pretty dope." And I think that's punk as fuck, you know. And uh, let's be friends, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And then we've been friends ever since. And um, but uh, there was never he was never in a band. Well, he was, but just for like a month or two, and it's kind of crumbled. But um, yeah, I think they're called Ladies First or some shit. But uh, me and LJ and Federico, we like started fist fight uh just kind of playing musical chairs i was playing drums and he was on guitar we're, we're kind of just kind of like trying to see where we fit and what instrument we're trying to play with each other so i hopped wow. on the guitar and um this is my first time i ever played guitar in a band because i mean i was primarily like a bass player you know from yeah, last that's what I, thought, other bands. That's I, was, what I remembered i also played bass and shattered badge as well after i quit last priority we were in a band for a couple years Damn. released a record yeah but um Damn, no shit yeah. Yeah, a lot of projects. Yeah, well, you're well, not your, uh, but I was gonna say, uh, Ed. It's interesting because he he start he the show starts where he's fully clothed, right? <laughs> yeah. And 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 it is so awesome. You know, you blink an eye and it, you miss it. Uh, he and then by the end, he's like, you know, in this like I don't know what you would call it, like kinky stuff. I mean, it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, he'd normally wear like some sort of thong with like handcuffs dangling from his crotch area or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's really interesting. I, I think it's a a, a cool uh, mix. In terms of, uh, I actually have. Or go ahead. I actually have a pretty funny story about that. Yeah, like one time we played this place in Whittier. It was some bar, some really, really shitty divey bar, and like uh, we go on stage and like. We were doing our thing. Ed gets like he has like a a, a wardrobe malfunction because he had these like <laughs> he had these like pants where like he can like rip them off into like a stripper and shit. Yeah, yeah. But um, apparently everything came off, including his fucking underwear. <laughs> so his, his his like dick and balls were hanging out. And um, and wait, I this can is a see live show. This is a live show, and like, <laughs> and um, I remember like the owner of the bar was like just like furious looking at me like fucking face is turning red and he's like he's like pulling all the plugs like you know trying to like unplug the amplifiers but we, we just kept on playing <laughs> and like he was pulling the wrong ones he was pulling like the lights and shit you know or like the, the arcade machines or something <laughs> and like Dude, he wait, just like on so his knees and like, uh, so ed just kept going is what you're telling me you guys just kept going yeah we just kept playing and this guy was freaking out, like yelling at us, like, make it stop. You guys got to stop your band. You're out of here. We're like, yeah, whatever, man. Just kept playing. <laughs> uh, have you, do you guys, you know, you guys uh, are pretty active. It seems like, you know, you have shows going on and stuff all the time. Do you sort of, um, you know, call the bar ahead of time, call the venue ahead of time? Like, hey, you know, we do this part of our act where we, you know, somebody strips or you just like do it. <laughs> uh not at all man we just do it we just go for it you know and oh. most of, about 90 about 95 percent of the time it's always good feedback there's only been a couple mm-hmm. times where like we did it and people were like oh great you know but well, uh like the crowd or people who own the the place uh most of the people that own the place they're kind of just like giving us a stink guy or whatever but <laughs> hey man it's our art can't fucking censor our art dude 
Yeah, it, it's fucking awesome. Um, I can't wait to uh, check it out again. Uh, I was looking through some of your old posts. I went back, I don't know, maybe a year or two from your from Instagram, just because, you know, we don't really know each other. Um, right. And so one thing I saw was there seemed to be some issue in terms of um, Fistfight on Ecstasy with Mystic Records, right? Was there some, like, misunderstanding, disappointment that happened with that record label with you guys? Uh, all the above, dude. Um, that actually caused a lot of backlash, too, like, after the fact. With, for like, you my guys peers. or for them? Well, for well, for both of us, really, like, because I don't know if you heard all the stories, all the old Narcor bands used to be on Mystic. I haven't heard anything. That, yeah, it sounded it sounded like it was a long, not a long story. It sounded like a, a, a story with a lot of moving parts in it. I, I hadn't heard any of that before. Well, here's a story with us and Mystic. Like, I, I'm a huge Mystic record collector. I love the records they put out back in the day. So many great bands were on that label, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I still collect the records to this day, but uh, I, I've always wanted one of my bands just to have that cute little Mystic Records logo skull on the bottom right corner of like my CD yeah. or my record. And like, I think it was David Levine or Levine from Hyman Blasters in Ventura kind of his band got signed to Mystic and he kind of like threw our name in the hat and uh, they, they got a hold of me and they're like, yeah, send us some material. We'll see what we can do. And I did. So we like signed a deal for them to re-release our CD blood, sweat and beers mm. um, under, under the mystic label. And then um, they give us like another opportunity to like write a new EP seven inch record and uh, show them the music and lyrics, etc. cetera. And um, there's this one song that we wrote called stab at Klansman. And uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Too. Um, and they like, didn't really like the title of it. They said like it goes against the ACLU, which is America's Civil Liberties Union. They don't want to get sued by the KKK or some shit. They're kind of like wow. sketched out about it. So they said, <laughs> "I know oh it's, it God. was ridiculous." And um, so they they said either I say uh, change the song title or rewrite the lyrics to make it seem like it's not pointed at them. And of course, we're like, wow. "No, <laughs> yeah, like no, fuck no you. Like, kidding." You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna put this shit out, and um. So they didn't like that too much. We were being defiant about it. They dropped us from their label after one month of being on it. Wow. <laughs> and then, um, which again comes back to some backlash from like my older peers. Like they were pretty upset about us signing to them because, you know, I, the damage is done. What happened happened. I apologize, you know. Yeah. I was just, I was just trying to get my record out there, you know. That's just plain and simple. And um, Yeah. They, so they had um, – I, I th- that label they had screwed over a couple of uh, other bands, right? Like what? Uh, or I guess I don't, you don't have to say what bands, but were they local bands, pop? You know, popular bands around here? Oh, absolutely, man! Ill Repeat was one of them. Like uh, they, wow. uh, the the Grim, there's other bands, Aggression. Um, those bands don't get Jeez. any royalties or kickbacks from the records that they sell, which they sell shit tons of them, you know. <sighs> but uh they kind of like schmooze them when they're kids. Cause like, you know, when you're kids, you don't really know any better. You're like, Oh, I'm going to yeah. get a record contract. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, what, yeah exactly. <laughs> so apparently like in the fine print pretty much said, they're not going to get paid <laughs> basically. you know. And so some and, uh, of these are, go ahead. Yeah. No, most of these bands want their music back so they can like re-release it and make their own money on it, you know, but uh, they signed a contract. Yeah. They can't get, they can't get their material back, which is very unfortunate. And so some of those, some of those guys, they were saying, you know, hey, like Josh, what are you doing? You know, what are you guys doing? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and uh, I, feel, you... I, feel, I, feel, I feel really stupid about that move, you know. But a uh, cool thing about it, like, our records came out. We I started my own label, Etard Records. We mm. pressed that 7-inch literally, like, months after they kicked us off the label. And on the back of the 7-inch, we have the Mystic logo skull, but crossed out. <laughs> just, just, kind of, just kind of like a fuck you to them, you know? <laughs> no way. Yeah. So, uh, so was Etard record? Is it Etard or Etard's record? Etard, just one D. Yeah. So was Etard sort of born out of this, you know, shitty situation, or had you already been thinking about it? Uh, the, the name Etard was already like in my head for the longest time, but um, I thought this was a perfect opportunity to get up and start my own DIY label. Yeah, and bam, and then we started releasing records. We released two records on this label. I I do want to release some other bands' materials, but I'm trying to like build my you know thing up in order to get to that point to start doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like uh, like you'd have local bands, you know, like the the, the guys you mentioned before, like bands like oh, that, or just even international yeah. stuff. Uh, mostly local. Like my heart belongs in the local scene. You know, I want to help. I want to help these kids out that are really focused on playing and going out and doing the damn thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, I saw too that you, uh, the, uh, this better be good shit, uh, EP, you guys did a release show in Vegas with the vibrators, right? We did. Is is that not just a dream come true? I mean, does it get any better (laughs) than that? It was cool. (laughs) I didn't get (laughs) time. Uh, it was, it was a decent crowd. It wasn't like freaking packed or anything like that, but, uh, I was kind of upset that I only got paid 50 bucks and I let the headlining band use all my gear. <laughs> oh, uh, who, wait. Yeah. You wait. The vibrators, were they headlining? Yeah, they headlined. Um, and of course, like, we, go out to- we, were, we were like right under them. Sorry. We we're like right under them. And uh, of course, like off stage, like I have my amplifier, like, unplugged and like wrapped up and ready to go <laughs> and of course they're like hey man uh do you mind if we use your shit i was like god damn it <laughs> that if it's one thing that really irritates me it's that shit but <laughs> <laughs> it the what the lending in the first place or you know when you're already packed up and you're ready to take it out to the car like that or that i wouldn't have been i wouldn't have been so upset if like my shit wasn't already packed up you know if it was already on stage i'm like yeah man go ahead it's already up here but I already had that shit on the floor, like pushing that shit outside, you know? Yeah. So the oh. the vibrators didn't have equipment or, or what? No, not at all, man. Not one of these are drum set or our bass cab, <laughs> our fucking guitar cabs, all that shit. Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, but more or less, though, was that like a high, a peak or a, a very high point for you? I mean, I don't I mean, can you name something bigger than that? It was very honorable, yeah. Um, it was cool. I'm the Vibrators is a legendary band. Who doesn't like them? Yeah, I, but I mean, yeah, like, I, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, uh, traveling to Vegas for fifty fucking dollars doesn't sound so <laughs> pleasing, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, you. I mean, shit. You. You know, your band, uh, the band you're in now, Last Priority. Maybe bands that you were in before that I don't know about. Uh, you guys played with a lot of big players, didn't you? I mean, there's a lot of big bands you guys played with. Oh shit, tons, man! Like uh, we I mean, we dude, toured, we toured so much when I was in that band. Uh, we were really like focused and and what do you call it? like charged up and ready to fucking take on the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. How, how many tours would you guess that you, that you went on with last priority? I'm guessing six, a lot of West coast. We did a full Texas tour. We did a, um, after we got signed to burning tree records, we released America's hijack CD. Um, and then we did a whole United States tour and Canada, but things in Canada didn't really work out that, that great. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, what's the longest tour you've done? If you could, you know, frame it in weeks or I, I, I guess weeks at least. Um, that was, that'll be the last priority, uh, America's hijack tour. We did the whole United States. That was like, well, the outline of the United States. I think it was about like 40 days or some shit like that. Wow. How many states? And it, uh, fuck. On the top of my head, I want to say maybe like 20 or something. I don't know. Jesus Christ. That had to be fucking a blast. It was, it was a lot of fun, but it was, that was actually like, after that tour, I quit the band because, uh, being on the road with the like with a bunch of fucking, with a bunch of punks that like you know in a, in a van peak of summer hot as balls like we we definitely knew what buttons to push to get on each other's nerves. Um, me and Brady, the singer, we're we're really good. We're like best friends still, you know. I have no ill yeah. hatred or intention towards my friends in the band, but uh, we always get in fist fights. Like almost every tour, we would always get in a fucking fist fight. Literally, and, you mean uh, literally a fist fight where you you fight? Yes, yes, throwing blows. You know, um, <laughs> one of, one of the most embarrassing ones I would have to say was like we did a West Coast tour. We did a split seven inch with the Clusterfucks from Denver, Colorado. Really fucking cool band, wow. one of those guys. And um, we did a West Coast tour with these guys, and we're up in Washington. This place called the Fun House. It's like some like circus theme fucking venue and shit, Seattle, <laughs> Washington. And uh, Brady gets blacked out drunk, like drinking Jägermeister, like like it was water, you know. And when he gets drunk, he like runs his mouth and talks a lot of shit. And um, <laughs> so we were outside packing, you know, like we we're like had you know smoking cigarettes with the cluster fucks and shit. We're hanging out, and shooting the shit. Next thing you know, like me and Brady are getting a fist fight, and uh, he he takes the fucking van and like ditches us and like throws me and my, my guitar oh, player's my gear gear in the street. And just oh leaves us. Oh my god! And we, we were supposed to play like what Idaho Falls. Yeah, it was it was a nightmare. Like we we're supposed to play Idaho Falls uh, with the clusterfucks the next night. Then after that was Vegas. So it was raining too, mind you. It was raining. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, so me and my guitar, me and my guitar player, like, what are we gonna do? So like he like whips out. I don't know if he like he had <laughs> had like a credit card somehow. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. But like we were able to purchase like greyhound tickets to go back to california so like at first oh they were gonna God. let us on the on the at first they were gonna let us on the bus because we had like band equipment they don't want to be like liable for that kind of shit so we figured out a loophole to get it on the bus we like threw it in the box and taped it up and just told them it was like fucking clothes or some shit so they yeah. let us on the bus that was the most interesting bus ride back home i'll tell you dude there was like prostitutes in the back seat and shit it was fucking crazy oh because they were going to oh wait no yeah, why would they be going back to California? Is that where the, you were headed? Well, they they got dropped off in Sacramento. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> dude, no kidding! I can't. And, uh, I'm, I'm amazed. What yeah. happened to Brady? I mean, he just left. So where'd he go? Yeah, he left. But well, check this out. The story's not done. Like, so me, so me and Brian, and it was my roadie. Like, uh, I think it was Alan Fetus. For I forget, but like a. We, we go to the Greyhound in Los Angeles. We get dropped off in downtown, you know? We're, like, we're like about ready to go home. Like, fuck this. We're tired. We're on, the, <laughs> on this bus for three days with a bunch of crackheads and shit. And uh, 
we walk out and there's and, there, and there's Brady in the parking lot with the fucking van. Oh my! <laughs> what the? Hell? And he was, and he was like, "Hey guys, I'm sorry. Do you want to finish the tour and go to Vegas right now?" We all looked at each other. We're like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't wait. So, did you miss one show? <laughs> we missed just one show. It was Idaho Falls oh show, and like. And we didn't even tell the clusterfucks we we're going to go to Vegas. We just showed up and they're like, what the hell happened? It was like this elaborate story. You know, it was, it was, so, it was hilarious. <laughs> oh my God. I mean that, yeah, that's, I mean, is that like back then, was that sort of just like a Brady thing to do? Like he had done stuff like that before. Uh, it was, yeah, it was a little bit of all of us. I mean, like I said, we all knew each other's buttons push and, he he mostly got in fights yeah, with my that, guitar player Ryan, like because because Ryan was just kind of I mean he he never fought back you know it was kind of an easy target. Yeah, so Brady would kind of pick on him or bully him, or Ryan would you know fight back you know defend himself. Um. So, well, Ryan was definitely like a sarcastic asshole. He would, you know, he, he had a mouth on him, but uh, yeah. Love the guy. Fucking love him to, to death. But uh, him and Brady didn't really get along too much. They, we, um, we all lived with each other, too. That was another thing. We all lived with each other. We all just, we were in a band together. We traveled together. We just did everything together. And eventually, we're just like, fuck you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Man, that, that's crazy. So, you know, was there ever a time where you thought, like, like shit, this is the band you know this is what's gonna get me somewhere because that you know the band was so awesome and you guys toured and you know got picked up by a label did did you ever think that this band might be like the big break you know this is gonna get us somewhere i totally thought that man i really did i was like we were our momentum was like so good like we're pumping out records touring doing all this kind of shit you know like especially the young age that we were at it blew me away and I was hoping I was yeah. actually hoping for that kind of a big break because I was like working like paycheck to paycheck, and I was like, I was like, man, I need some sort of kickback or kickdown or some sort of, you know, where I can live comfortably and play music at the same time. But I yeah. guess that's just hopeful wishing, you know, <laughs> hopeful thinking. Yeah, and and you know the the age you you were at too. Like I was a in a band at that time, and that probably was the most focused I ever was. It's the most directed. And or I don't know, it was just different, you know, being that young and just trying something really trying your best. And, you know, the other guys are, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I can imagine that I, I was thinking and I, I was wondering if you still have this song by the last priority. Um, I'm an alcoholic. I, I think it's called. <laughs> yep, yep, alcoholic. Dude, that, dude, that's like in the top 10, you know, to me, that's like the top 10 punk songs that i ever heard at that age and like now even i loved that song that's so funny that was that was before i was in the band that was when the band first formed uh that was their first ep i think the lineup was nick salucci danny fucking danny finley ryan and brady <laughs> they released that ep then like after that i joined the band and then our, our music kind of shifted more towards hardcore political punk rock it definitely made a u-turn yeah. but it's, so that's funny that's like one of uh, that's everyone's favorite song in the band. It's the most shittiest song we ever wrote in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do people tell you that like they love that song? Because that I I did, and I, and I do, all do you the have time. That? I do. Um, I went to Brady's house. I think it was like a year ago, and uh, me and my wife went there just to stop by and say hi. <laughs> he like he like stopped smoking weed. He gave me this like huge garbage bag of fucking weed, 
and like gave me all this old like last priority memorabilia, like a bunch of VHS tapes of our live shows, um, uh, a few of our master, a few of our master CDs that we recorded, and um, and a couple uh, no regrets EPs, which is the CD you're talking about with alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I was thrilled to have that because I I don't have one of those in my possession now. I do. You have like a digital form, like on a computer somewhere, or. Well, I have the actual physical form of the the CD that was released with with the cover and everything like that. Wow! Uh, sometimes I have to um, I'll get that. I, I I sometime in my life I need to hear that song again. I don't know if you can. They have it. Uh, someone I, I I gave it to somebody, um, and they uploaded it on YouTube. It actually has all the oh, tracks, fuck, yeah. the bonus tracks that you don't hear on the actual EP. Like uh, I hate pro life. <laughs> That's one of. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, there's another one. It's um, fuck. Uh, labeled youth. That's a good one. It's about like being in the mental hospital and shit. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to look that up. I've been like thinking that song for the last ten years. I I haven't heard that in forever. Um, it's kind of funny about that because I was listening to another podcast and someone said like the best like top ten uh local punk bands in like the 2000s and someone brought up that you know, last priority in that song. <laughs> I'm like, man, like there's so much way better songs than that shit that he could have said, you know? <laughs> I, I, I think for me, like, yeah, maybe, maybe there, maybe there is, but for me, like when I think of that song and, and your, and that band and, you know, the show or two that I saw you guys, like that was just so, uh, that was so important to me at that time. I was like 14, 15 starting to, you know, push out of my comfort zone, change my, personality and fashion you know be you know just kind of being in a different scene i was different before um cool so i think that's for, so personally for me it's just that that was one of the first and like best songs i've heard like in that like special time period um and maybe right. other people feel like that too you know if they're my oh, age. Totally. absolutely so let me shift gears a little bit um i'm kind of interested in your um perspective on just punk in general so i i once heard someone say um if you aren't punk anymore you never were punk never were yeah that's a very true statement um you know punk rock's all about what's you how you look at life and uh you know it has nothing to do with physical image or anything like that although it looks cool and it's kind of a nice added bonus to it but it's you know what's in your head it's how you it's how you approach things yeah. And what what are some ways? So like when you say it's, you know, how you approach stuff, like what are some of those approaches to like whatever it is, politics, other people, lifestyle, like what what is it? It's all that, man. You know, it's what's around you. I believe you should question everything, question authority. Um, don't take shit from nobody and don't let the man fucking stomp you down. Do you think that, uh, I mean, obviously the fashion is very like specialized, you know, there, or, you know, I know that there are different branches of punk and they each have their own little, uh, style and the way they look. Um, right. but do you think that it's possible, you know, you to be a punk at heart or, you know, whatever it is, these approaches to life and authority, you know, is there, is it so possible to be that even though you don't have the studded jacket and, and mohawk? Oh, dude, absolutely. That's, you know, that's where my point comes from. It's, it's all in your head. It's not about the physical image or what you look like to me. I do because it makes me feel, I like it. It makes me feel good about myself. You know? <laughs> and I, I just like the, I like, I love the smell of leather. <laughs> I like cold studs touching my skin. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I like wild hair. 
Uh, yeah, and, and I and it seems like it started pretty young for you. I, I thought I saw you post something when you were you were 16 years old in this photo, and it looked like you had like a GBH shirt, like a leather jacket, a mohawk. Oh yeah, so that was, had, that was... you had the fashion pretty young. I did. I was uh, I got into it when I was 12 years old. Um, so very young. Like I think I was in like seventh, sixth, seventh grade when I really got into it. And the good shit so too. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't well. To be honest, I mean, I started listening to Green Day and like Weezer. I mean, I love Weezer to this day. Yeah, yeah, They're one of my totally. favorite bands. But um, you know, those kind of bands. So it's like alternative bands that like there was like some distorted guitars and it sounded a little heavy and it kind of got my like my interest and my ear, you know, kind of like listening. And then like uh, I was how I really got into punk rock. I went to this like I, did, I okay. I had these friends. They're brothers. They're, they're named the Sparks, Jeremy and Max Sparks. <laughs> and they, they had a, their dad was a fireman. He's the coolest motherfucker on this world. Anyways, uh, their house, his dad was always gone. And their house was like the party house, like the flop house and shit, you know? And I remember like. Yeah. When remember, you were how old, by the way? I was about 12 years old. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and um, I used to like, I grew up in Aria, which is unincorporated Oxnard. So I like, there's a lot of gangs and shit like that. And. I thought I was like a cholo. I wore my fucking Dickies final and shit. I'm like, what up, Dick? You know, cruising around. And um, so I went to my friend's pad and he's like, hey, man, come on, we're, at, we're throwing a party. We're going to have this like punk band that's playing. And I remember the band's name too. They're called Juanita's Kitchen. They're out- <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird name. But I remember like, I remember going to this party and going to the garage and seeing this band just doing the damn thing, slamming the guitars. And that's what I was like, this is what I want to fucking do. I want to play music like these motherfuckers. <laughs> Slam around my you guitar. Can remember look, that look, day. I do remember that day very clearly because that's what that's the day that changed my life. You know. Wow, no fucking kidding. And I, you know, I, I use punk rock as like a form of ventilation too. So, like, yeah. uh, you know, it, it helps me with like you know problems. But if, if there's a song I can identify with, and I'm going through some shit that day, I'll just turn on that fucking song and it's, it lets me escape. You know, especially playing it. Yeah. So that, so let's see, Are, you know, the way you dress, does it ever turn people off? Like, you know, obviously I think it's cool. Like I relate and I, you know, I, 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 I like it, but you know, do you go anywhere where you're judged by people and they're afraid of you at all? Yeah. It seemed like, uh, when I was younger, I was judged a lot more. Like I'd get called a faggot wow. or just you know a pussy or some shower now, but uh, just like but, a different uh, generation, maybe. Yeah, and but but now it's people think it's cool. Like I'll go to the store, with my hair up. They're like, man, that's that's some cool fucking hair you got there. <laughs> or they give me compliments, like, or I like your style or shit like that, you know. And yeah. that's cool, you know. You're, you're not being an, if you're not being an asshole to me about it. I think that's pretty fucking rad. And I'll answer your question, like, what kind of hairspray you use or whatever, you know. <laughs> I'll tell them. Well, <laughs> Well, yeah, what kind of hairspray do you use now that I think about it? I used to use Rave 4X Pump. That was a fucking <laughs> shit back in the day. And uh, that shit was like glue. But um, but now I use Suave. It's easy to brush out. It's adhesive. It'll hold shit up for a few days if I want to. <laughs> and, it, and it smells What's nice. Your <laughs> What's your opinion of uh, I, when I used to spike my hair? I think I used something called Got To Be. Oh yeah, that was a yellow can. Yeah, with a little foghorn tip. Yeah, dude, that stuff was like, uh, what do they call it? Like rubber glue, or that thing that was like glue, like so thick. The thing though, that one and freeze it. Freeze it was another one that was super 
super adhesive. But uh, that shit was like expensive as fuck. Like I yeah, was poor, man. Was. I, was, I was buying like two dollar bottles of Rave Four. <laughs> Dude, I was. Uh, this is. Uh, I've said it to a close friends, so I'm sort of outing myself here. Uh, I was. Uh, I used to spike my hair in high school and uh, middle school, and with got to be and. I used to have Liberty spikes and a Mohawk at some point. I was so punk that my grandmother was the one who spiked my hair in the morning. (laughs) That's awesome, dude. (laughs) And you know, I was embarrassed about that for so long, but I actually now I just look back and I, I, it's hilarious. You know, she like gave me the perfect Liberty spikes. That's, that's so fucking cool to hear that because I remember growing up, like my family, immediate family, like thought it was like a phase or, like yeah. oh, they're kind of a, they're kind of embarrassed to like be in public with me. But the whole, the only one person that was all about it that supported me 100 percent was my grandma, dude. <laughs> she was so cool. Oh. She always say like, "Oh, mijo, you look so silly. I like it. I love you." You know, she she uh, nicknamed my my wife uh, Raspada, which means snow cone <laughs> in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like an honorable thing, you know, to hear that from your grandma. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, yeah, my grandma was a huge support system to me when I was younger. I didn't, no nobody else like, gave me shit for it, but uh, my grandma like literally was the one spiking my hair. Um, so it's cool that you say that your grandma, you know, m- made you feel good about it. Or I get that that's the impression I get. Totally, and uh, but well now my family. I mean, I love my family to death. They're like my number one, you know. But uh, now they look at me as like like cool, like I'm the coolest thing to slice bread, you know, because <laughs> because they know like. They know what I've been doing as far as being a punk rocker. I was, uh, it was all positive. I was making music, making records, traveling, you know, yeah, trying, yeah. trying to, trying to like do something positive in my life. And it took them a long time to realize that, but now they're just fucking gung ho about it. You know, <laughs> do you have uh, nephews and nieces? I do from my, my dad's side. I have two or sorry, three half, three half siblings. Mm-hmm. they live in georgia i, I really i really oh, see wow. them ever yeah but uh mm-hmm. my sister she's my older sister she's my half sister we have two different dads same mom but i consider her as like my my real sister yeah. and i grew up with yeah. her my entire life you know and... yeah that's how it is with me too i have a, a a sister who's from the same dad and then the rest are from an, another guy uh, another man um right. so no i totally get that I, so it's funny when people say like oh like your half sister uh, and i think like what do you mean? That's my sister. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That's like, my fucking sister. Um, so, She's you know, cool. the way you, the way you dress um, and and I talk like I'm an old man, you know, cause I, I relate to it. It's like, I, I, you know, I want to set up a jacket. You know? So, so I, I feel like I am punk at heart. So I don't want, I don't want you to think that I see you as like some other, cause I, I think I, you know, am in the same boat as you in, in some ways. So these questions sound funny. I know, but um, <laughs> it's all good. So, like, what do you think the statement is for people that, like, look like you, you know, with, like, a studded jacket and the mohawk? Like, what you know, what's the statement? Well, to me, like, like you said, like, some, you know, some people think punkers get in fights all the time. I think, I mean, punk rock should be feared. It should be, like, a, an angry form of music. Mm. And, like, you know, I think looking like a tough, angry, scary motherfucker <laughs> might get the point across, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, do you see it any way as um, a counterstrike to the status quo, sort of a rebellion on what we take for granted? You know, is that I, is that involved I, at all? I look, 
I look at the image as turning fashion upside down, but unfortunately it's kind of a fashionable thing to do. <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. but like I said, I do it for my personal reasons. I, I like it. I like colors. I like fucking metal. I like tight fucking squeezy fucking ass jeans and shit. <laughs> but uh, I mean, um, with anything with the status quo, I don't think it has to do anything with that, man. It's just, it's just how you feel and the way you want to look, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. I draw a parallel to it. You, you said something about it earlier. You said that, you know, it just makes you feel good. You know, it makes you, it makes you feel interesting and you just feel good being who you are, you know, with yeah. these, um, with the clothes you wear and, you know, how you dress and stuff. Um, and I, and I try to keep that in mind when I, you know, if I walk down the street, I walk in the mall or something and I see some, you know, average person, you know, wearing totally bland, regular clothes. They look like every other guy in the building. Um, I, you know, or, or whatever, you know, I, I try to keep in mind that, you know, the way people dress, you know, that's who they are. It's like, they, it it makes them feel good. It makes them, you know, it's, it's, a reminder to me to not judge so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not going to like judge you for wearing a fucking pair of Nike shoes or like a polo shirt. You know, <laughs> I look at people like what's in their heart more than what, what's on the outside. Yeah. So I, I would um, guess then that you think, you know, a punk style and like, you know, that the way you dress and like the sort of stuff you like, does that also not necessarily identify you with any like politics uh, I try not to think about politics, really. Like it, it drives people fucking crazy. But um, do you see it? Do you see like the government legitimate, or do you think they're, you know, like foolish, like, or you don't agree with what they do? What do you like personally? What do you think? Well, it's, <laughs> I don't agree with most of the shit they do, but what am I going to do? You know? Yeah, we're just average cats. <laughs> Like most of my most, most right. of the lyrics that we sing about today are just about fun things, hanging out with my friends, partying, <laughs> drinking, uh, going places. Like you'd rarely hear a political song come out of my mouth ever. <laughs> <laughs> like what are some of the What are some of the titles for uh, for some for some of your records for Fist Fight? <laughs> um, let's see. There's there's S and the D. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> which is short for sucking the dick. Uh, there's mushrooms for breakfast. There's uh, <laughs> what else is there? Uh, there's there's a song called Riot, which is kind of funny. Which is about going out and just being destructive, you know. Um, we have weird song titles like PBS Procrastinated Banana Shoes, and it has nothing to do with the song whatsoever. <laughs> Dude, uh, we have like a that. song it's called Fun. One of my favorite songs to play is called Twenty Bucks Is Twenty Bucks. Um, it's, yes, about like yes. a male pro- it's about like a male prostitute, you know, trying to make his <laughs> living. <laughs> See, that's so the kind of shit like I like. Fun. I'm trying pure fun, just pure fun. And like I said, politics it drives people crazy, and like they get angry. You know, I hate when people like want to shake you. I'm like, you're fucking wake up. You know, you're not woke or whatever. Like, get off me, man. You're fucking psycho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way. Do you go as like, you know, Josh Priority now? Uh, you know what? I'm not sure of your name, actually. I know you're Josh, but I, I'm not sure of what your name is. Uh, definitely not Priority. Um, what was, funny was thing, that ever your name? No, it was, uh, well, back in the day, it was Josh Cunt. That was my nickname. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But uh, no, it's just Josh Stamps, dude. Just call me whatever you want. Call me a fucking retard. <laughs> I'll respond to it. <laughs> 
Um, Josh, it, it was a pleasure. Um, it's sort of a, you know, in some, in some, you know, sick sophomoric way, sort of a dream come true <laughs> to talk to somebody who I, I looked up to as a kid. Um, you know, even the couple of shows that I saw, you know, you, I thought you guys were like really fucking cool. And it, and you know, it, it, I think back to those days, um, with, with, uh, pleasure. So I thank you for that. Man, I thank you. Appreciate it. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'll ask you uh, one more question. You can answer it any way you like. Josh, sure. who are you? A human being. <laughs> um.